Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Hello and welcome. I just wanted to talk today about something that's been bugging me the past few days, and that is what I see a lot of people calling, uh, calling different things a pro-life issue. I've seen this on Twitter a lot where, especially in regards to immigration, the, the recent uh, last week, the, the big hullabaloo over the fact that children were being separated from their parents uh, in, in, at these immigration camps and, and various places. And a number of people, Catholics, have been saying this is a pro-life issue. And of course, the bishops, USCCB, met last week, and they made a big deal out of this, and they talked about how they need to oppose Trump's immigration policies, and this is a life issue. This is a right-to-life issue. This is a pro-life issue. Now, I'm not going to talk about uh, whether or not Trump's policies, um, immigration policies, are good or not, or, or if I agree with them or not. Really, that's not even the point. What I've realized, though, what, what's annoyed me, though, recently is how often people are calling things a pro-life issue. In fact, I just saw a tweet the other day where it said racism is a pro-life issue. Uh, the separation of children from parents at Debor is a pro-life issue. Access to safe and affordable health care is a pro-life issue. Abortion is a pro-life issue. Poverty is a, a pro-life issue. Essentially, everything is a pro-life issue anymore. Uh, in fact, Father James Martin wrote an article for America Magazine where he recently called um, LGBT issues a pro-life issue. So essentially, what is going on here? Why is everything now being called a pro-life issue? I think there's a number of reasons for it. Um, I think also we should talk a little bit, though, about where the term pro-life comes from. Why is it that uh, people who are opposed to abortion historically have called themselves pro-life? Well, it's an interesting history. Uh, initially, pro-lifers usually just went by anti-abortion. Sometimes they use the term right to life, pro-life, and things of that nature. But it was usually just we you know, called ourselves anti-abortion. But I think it was about 30 years ago or so, we started to realize that there was a problem um, in perception. The pro-abortion forces were called pro-choice, and then we were called anti-abortion. So obviously, just the optics of that is we look like we're against something. They look like they're for something. People want to be positive, and so therefore, people are going to be more likely to be pro-choice than they are to be uh, anti-abortion. So I remember Dr. John Wilkie, who was a um, I don't know if he founded National Right to Life, but he was the president of National Right to Life at the time. He really insisted, everywhere he went, he insisted that we call ourselves pro-life, that we don't just call ourselves uh, anti-abortion, we call ourselves pro-life, because he said that's a, a more positive um, way of describing ourselves. It, it, it made us for something, not against something only. And so we really you know, embrace that anti-abortion people, like myself, we embrace this idea that we are pro-life. Now, the reason we chose the term pro-life is simply because we were uh, promoting innocent life being protected. So the unborn child being protected from being killed. That's what we were protecting. And so therefore, we were pro-innocent life from being killed, to be more uh, precise. Whereas uh, pro-abortion people who call themselves pro-choice, they were pro the choice of a woman to kill her own baby. And so therefore, that's what they were for. We were pro-life in that sense. And really, that, that, that term, though, meant anti-abortion in practice. Now, in the 90s, uh, the rise of uh, popularity of euthanasia, of assisted suicide, Dr. Kevorkian, Dr. Death, whatever you want to call them, 
the pro-life movement really embraced that as well, the idea that we are against euthanasia as well. Because again, it's the direct killing of an innocent human life. And so therefore, a pro-lifer obviously would be against euthanasia. But in practice, really the term, the label pro-life was limited to those two things, to being against abortion and being against euthanasia. That made you pro-life. Now, there were some, and you know, early, as early back as the 80s, maybe earlier, that tried to expand the, the, the kind of notion of what it means to be pro-life. And you saw that in the seamless garment argument that Colonel Bernadine of Chicago, the late Colonel Bernadine, really made popular. This idea that if you were against abortion, you were also uh, opposed uh, a lot of other things. You support a lot of other things. Particularly, you supported government-sponsored welfare programs because his argument was, if you are for the baby in the womb, you need to be for the baby after he or she is born. And the only way you can be for him is if you support these government programs that give assistance to the poor and needy and things of that nature. Now, there's a million and one problems with that argument. And in fact, the seamless garment argument kind of fell by the wayside over time because people realized it was stupid, frankly. It, it just defied common sense. Being against uh, the killing of an unborn child doesn't necessarily mean that you're for a welfare program. And so the seamless garment, you know, although Catholic bishops always maintained and embraced the seamless garment argument, most pro-lifers, most people didn't really see that as one leading to the other. Being against legalized abortion didn't mean that you were for necessarily uh, various government programs for welfare and things of that nature. And so I would, I'd hope that that whole argument would have died off, but unfortunately it really didn't. And we see it now in the X is a pro-life issue movement. We see it in the sense that so many people are saying, pro-lifers, and I'll say this, this is people who are against abortion are saying this, are saying that this is a, 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 a life issue, this is a pro-life issue. And now some of them might be saying that because they honestly believe that uh, opposing, if you oppose abortion, you have to um, maybe be for these different welfare programs because maybe they would lead to more abortions if they, if they cease to exist. They think if you have these different programs that all of a sudden now the abortion rate will go down. Okay, perhaps that's their argument, although that's a really difficult argument to really stomach because there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that that's the case. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, obviously... Um, Abortion impacts the poor in a, in a disproportionate manner, but it's also rich people who have abortions as well. Um, middle class people have abortions as well. Abortion is much deeper than just a poverty issue. And then now some might also say that if you're pro-life, that means you're pro a certain type of life, a, a life that doesn't have to face discrimination, a life that has access to universal health care, a life that uh, has equal pay for you know, each gender, things of that nature. Now, perhaps that's true, but that's not really what pro-life is intended to convey. I think really one of the main reasons why so many pro-lifers are saying that everything is a pro-life issue is a sense of insecurity. You know, pro-lifers, we are an insecure bunch. We have never been accepted by society. We have never been popular with society. We are never going to be the ones invited to all the great cocktail parties. We're never going to be praised at the Oscars or the Tonys or anything like that. We're always going to be made fun of. We're always going to be criticized um, and ridiculed and hated. And so because of that, we want to be accepted somehow. We, and I think subconsciously we think if we go to the table and we join with people who are maybe pro-open um, borders, completely open borders, then maybe they will accept us when we start talking about abortion. Maybe if we give them something and we're on their side on this issue, they'll be more apt to be on our side on the abortion issue. Well, let me give you a wake-up call. That is not going to happen. 
Abortion is the sacrament of the left. They will not give an inch on abortion. You see that with Democrat policies, Democratic Party policies. They will compromise on many different things, but they will never, ever, ever compromise on abortion. And pro-abortion people will not compromise on abortion for any reason whatsoever. So it's a fool's errand to think, okay, if we just, maybe we go along with them on these issues, they'll go, they'll help go along with us on the abortion issue. It will not happen, just plain and simple. And I know this from, you know, 30 years of working in the pro-life movement almost. It, it just is, that, that is a sacrament of left of the left, they will they embrace abortion wholeheartedly without apology, and they will never give an inch on that. Another reason I think that pro-lifers say this, and this is a little bit less um, charitable towards pro-lifers, but I think it might be true, is that you know most pro-lifers are an opinion, you know, are opinionated. We're an opinionated bunch. We have strong opinions on abortion, but we have strong opinions on a lot of other things as well. And when we say if you are um, you know, if you agree with, if you, this is a pro-life issue, what we're really saying is, if you don't agree with me, you're not pro-life. So if you don't agree with me on this issue, whether it be immigration or healthcare or whatever, you're not really a pro-lifer. And I think that's just ridiculous because there are, there's a hierarchy of, of issues in, in our society today. Some are more important than others. You know, jaywalking uh, rules, laws are very low on the totem pole of important issues. Uh, whether or not a country goes, our country goes to war with another country would be very high on the list of priorities. And I would say that in the hierarchy of things, defending innocent human life from destruction is right there at the top of the list of most important issues. It's also an issue that, that doesn't broke much compromise. It doesn't broke much uh, cha- you know, um, being able to like sit at the table with the other side because either abortion is illegal or it's legal. Now you can make it more legal, less legal. Like right now it's legal all nine months in the country, you know, all nine months of pregnancy in the entire country. And you could maybe restrict it. We could work on restricting it in certain cases, although pro-abortion people never want to do that. Um, but ultimately you either are, believe that a person can have their own child in the womb killed or you don't believe that. There's really not a, a lot of gray area there. But there is a lot of gray area and a lot of other issues, like the immigration issue. In general, I am more, I tend to be more um, open about immigration than many uh, other conservatives might be. Although I do think there's a very strong need for uh, protecting our borders from, you know, um, terrorists, from enemies. I do think there's reasons to have restrictions. And I think it's very legitimate. A country is allowed to restrict who comes into their country. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that idea. You know, how we do it, though is a debatable point. And that's the whole point here. It's a debatable point. We're not always going to agree on the best way to handle immigration. Same with like something like healthcare. You know, it's kind of an assumption with some people today that, you know, the government should provide, you know, universal healthcare to everybody, that every employer should provide healthcare. Well, just 30 years ago, that would have been, you know, a laughable idea. Some employers did it just as a benefit to, to their employees to attract better employees. Now it's a requirement. And there can be debate about whether or not it's a wise thing to do. But again, that's not a pro-life issue. It's simply a, a prudential judgment made by different people that we can argue with each other what the best way to do it. So you might disagree with me, I might disagree with you, best way to do it. It doesn't mean you're not a pro-lifer, I am, or vice versa. So making everything a pro-life issue ends up really clouding the pro-life issue, the abortion issue. Because now it's like, oh, I'm not really truly against abortion because I don't support universal health care? I mean, that's ridiculous. The, the two are not related to each other. 
And so I'm kind of getting tired of this idea of everything is a pro-life issue. In fact, I've seen it so much, I, I've, I've decided, I'm going to declare, I'm just simply not pro-life anymore. I am anti-abortion, and I embrace that label willingly because it tells you something very specific and very clear, that I think the killing of an innocent child in a mother's womb is wrong and should be illegal. And so by saying I'm anti-abortion, I think it's very clear what I think. I think abortion should be illegal. However, saying I'm pro-life these days, I'm supposed to subscribe to a whole host of, of political beliefs and, and ideas that I don't really subscribe to. So from now on, just call me anti-abortion. And you know, the, the, the pro-life label has become something that's become diluted because it's used for so many things. And so therefore, it, it muddles the difference between abortion and other issues. It's also fragments pro-lifers. It, it divides us. It makes it so pro-lifers aren't united as much because now we're, we're fighting with each other over these secondary issues that aren't as important as abortion. And so it becomes a, an issue that basically a label that divides us. So from now on, just feel free to call me anti-abortion. I'll, I'll just kind of eschew the, the pro-life label anymore. Um, and so I, that's just kind of my thoughts this week. I, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we, you know, pro-lifers get their sanity back and we stop calling everything a pro-life issue. We can argue for these issues as strongly as we want, and we can't have opinions on them. That's, and it's not saying they're not important issues. Of course they're important issues. Something like immigration, you know, separating children from their families, that's an incredibly important issue. Healthcare is an important issue. But it's not a pro-life issue. They're not a pro-life issue. They're a health, racism is a racism issue. You know, access to universal health care is a health care issue. Poverty is a poverty issue. Separating children from their parents at the border is an immigration issue. None of that says they're, they're not issues. It just says they're different types of issues. So let's try to be clear pro-lifers, and let's try to make it very obvious what is a pro-life issue. It is being against abortion, being against euthanasia, being against the direct killing of innocent human life, and what is not a pro-life issue, which is like everything else. Okay, well, that's it uh, for now. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.